Uh, thank you, Christine, for leading us in a time of, of reflection about what robs us of joy. Uh, thank you, Matt and Joy and Anna, for leading in us in some time of, of joyful singing. And, uh, and as I begin our, our last part of our online at-home gathering, I want to first give an announcement, uh, really an, an invitation. I want to invite you to join us on Christmas Eve, December 24th at 4.30 p.m. Uh, outside for a carols and candle service right here at Scarlet City Church. Uh, we're going to meet together and we're going to sing, pray, uh, light candles, and celebrate the beauty and goodness of the Incarnation. A reminder that God entered into the darkness of the world, bringing the illuminating goodness and light of the gospel. And we, we need that good news and we need to celebrate it. This is a great chance to join with your church family, to bring your, your family, friends, neighbors, coworkers. We will be outside, so... Um, and we will require masks, so bundle up, mask up, and join us at 4.30 p.m. on December 24th. Well, as we've mentioned, we're continuing our Advent series. And we've been in a series, the, the title has been Waiting. You know, Advent is a season of longings, a season of expectancy, waiting the arrival of Jesus. And we began our first week looking at hope and, and hope bringing our desires and longings to God and trusting Him with those core longings that, that we all have. Uh, last week, Jenny and Nick uh, led us in, in considering preparation, how to prepare our lives for the arrival of Jesus and looking at the story of Mary as a, as a beautiful example of that. And today, we look at joy. And for a time of joy, I'm actually going to lead us in a time of lament. And you heard that right. We're going to, on this, this week of joy, spend some time in prayer lamenting. And so I want to ask you to get comfortable. In a moment when we start, you can go get on your knees, sit down, stand. Uh, Lay down on the ground if you'd like. Take a posture of, of prayerful dependence. You can pause this now if, if you need some time to prepare. Uh, but we're going to spend some time in lament. And the reason we are going to lament on this week of joy is, for one, there's a lot of pain in our world right now. The increasing deaths of the coronavirus pandemic the reminder right here in our city of Columbus with the recent death of Casey Goodson Jr. of the, the racial division and injustices in our world. And just the, the pain that many of us are feeling with the loss of loved ones, sickness. We're going through a lot right now. We need to bring those emotions to God. And we're reminded, you know, joy in waiting is different than joy in fulfillment. We, in the waiting, as we talked about a few weeks ago, we have a hope of the future joy and renewal, the permanent joy and renewal that we will experience when Jesus returns. But in the in-between, 
in, in our lives lived in the world as it is, all of our joy is done in the midst of also experiencing sorrow and sadness. Joy and sorrow are not mutually exclusive. Even the spaces that we inhabit right here in this sanctuary, this, this beautiful sanctuary that we have the privilege to call home, this has been a space for weddings. I've officiated a number of weddings here. It's been a space of, of baptisms and singing and rejoicing. It also has been a space of funerals, a space of tears and sorrow. Where you're experiencing this right now, if you're in your home, your home is a space of sometimes joy, breaking bread together with, with family, friends, the joy of laughter, the joy of celebration, of life's sweet moments. But it's also, if you live in it long enough, a space of tears, of pain, of confusion and doubts. There is joy in the sorrow. And this is one of the beautiful truths that the Bible teaches and the gospel invites us into. This is why earlier Christine referenced James 1, where the brother of Jesus, he says, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. You know, one of the amazing things about this letter that James writes that, that many commentaries, commentators have noticed is he's actually most likely doing a commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. He has in his mind Jesus' sermon and he opens, it's why he opens this letter about wisdom and, and how to live well. He opens it by saying, consider it all joy when you encounter trials because how does Jesus open the Sermon on the Mount? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. See, Jesus invites us to live in emotional solidarity with the pains and struggles of this world. And yet Jesus also feasts with friends. In fact, he was called by some of his enemies. He was accused of being a drunkard and celebrating with people who eat. You know, Jesus was a man who celebrated and cried. Reminded in, in Paul's letter to the Philippians, this letter about joy, he's writing from prison. And even in the part where he says, rejoice in the Lord always, again, I say rejoice. You know, he says that right after addressing some division and bitterness. You see, the rejoicing is never in our life done without elements of sorrow and pain. We rejoice, we can celebrate together, we can feast together, we can laugh, and we always do it as a foretaste of the fulfillment that we will one day have. But in this in-between time, joy also is accompanied by sorrow and lament. And also, healthy lament is a requirement for experiencing genuine joy. 
you know, if there's any children in the audience, kids, and in our time of lament, we'll be, we'll be child-friendly, so they, they can join us um, if you're comfortable. But kids and adults, you know, I'm reminded, I was reflecting on this yesterday, I was struggling yesterday. I was just feeling this weight, um, the weight of life squeezing you. And I was reminded, I was thinking, and, and, and kids, I want to share with you, you know, you are, the Bible says that you are, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're a beautiful creation of God. And, and all people are a beautiful creation of God. And, and that's good. It's good news. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We have a maker who loves us. And, and being created in God's image means we share certain qualities that God has. And one of those is our emotions. God has emotions. He has feelings. In the Bible, we see God at times. He weeps. He weeps. He's sad about sad things. We see God at times experience this righteous anger. We see God also celebrate and, and, and have joy, rejoice. It says he rejoices over his people. And as image bearers of his, we also have emotions. And it's a beautiful gift. It's a gift. But you know, sometimes our emotions can get the best of us. And, and so it's important that we, in our life, we bring those emotions to God, especially emotions like sadness and, and anger. We, we, we bring them to him. Otherwise, they might get the best of us. Just yesterday, I, I was, as I mentioned, I was, I was in a hard place. And, and my Facebook feed, I don't know why. I think I must have clicked on something. But I also, all of a sudden started getting all these ads from these hyped up Christian leadership conferences and how they'll you know, help your church to not have problems and reach a million people and all this stuff. And, and they're gathering in person. And I just, I, I had forgotten some of those spaces exist. And I, you know, I just thought, why are you gathering in person in February during a pandemic with thousands of people from around the country? It doesn't feel, you know, and I just started, and I posted something on Facebook. And, it, and, and I took it down because... I didn't process, I should have processed that emotion with God or a safe relationship before sharing it with the masses. It was a mistake I made. And our emotions can get the best of us. We need to have those moments where we bring them to God. And so that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to create some space to bring our, our laments and pains to God. And I'm reminded of Psalm 5, and this is our passage for this morning. Psalm, numerous psalms, over 50 psalms, over, well over a third of all of the psalms are psalms of lament. These poets bringing their cries to God. One of them is Psalm 5, but Psalm 5 closes. You know, a lament in the Bible, it always has an order. It begins with a turning to God. And we're going to do this in just a minute. It's a turning to God. And then you bring your, your plea, your cry, your complaint, your struggle to God. So we acknowledge God. We turn, we turn to him and then we bring the, the, the struggle. And then we end with trust. 
All the laments, they end with trust and hope. And in this one, joy, look at Psalm 5. It ends, the, the ending says, But may all who take shelter in you, in Lord, in, in the Lord, be happy. Read that again. May all who shelter in you be happy. May they continually shout for joy. In the lament, in the lament of this psalm, there is happiness and joy. We can experience joy in the lament. And so I want to invite you now to take a posture of either kneeling or you can remain seated. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And we're going to do those three parts. We're going to begin by turning to God. And then we're going to bring some cries and complaints to Him. And we're going to end with trust and joy. And each time I'm going to lead in a, in a prayer and then I'm going to give space for For you to pray personally, you can pray out loud, you can pray quietly. You're welcome to stop the the video if you need more time. Please do not feel rushed. But we're going to joyfully bring our sorrows to the Lord together now. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being a God that we can turn to. We we turn to you now, our maker, our creator, the one you say that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are your beloved. We turn to you now, Lord. Hear our cries Lord, we we are reminded with the recent death and shooting of Casey Goodson Jr. right here in Northland, a young black man by a Franklin County Sheriff's deputy, we are reminded of the pain of racism and injustice. Lord, we... We want answers. We want to know what happened. We want answers. We we wish we could know so that we could execute justice in this situation perfectly. Whether that exonerates the police officer or Casey, we wish we had answers. And God, we probably never will. And so we, we, we cry out for justice and we know Even though it may not be executed perfectly, we trust, we appeal to you for your your justice, God. We lament and we grieve for Casey's family, his mother, his grandmother, his siblings and friends who will not have him with them this Christmas season. And we grieve on their behalf. That's not right. We grieve the ripple effects of this event. 
We grieve the, the reminder of the pain of the African-American story, that this event is news and worthy of lament because it speaks to the history of, of oppression that African-Americans have experienced first in being taken away from their homes to a far-off land and then to be enslaved brutally and then to have laws written that prevent them from associating with others and to have the, um, the criminal justice system and policing work to criminalize their, their blackness. We grieve the history of that, and we grieve the effects that that still has on today. And Lord, help us to be wise people who discern and work for justice. Lord, we grieve the division that this creates. Division often in your church. Division about how to view situations. Divisions about how to respond. We grieve all of it. We, we grieve the division and the effects it has on law enforcement. Men and women who deserve our respect and support because they provide safety and often enter into harm's way. And yet, reminders of this speak to change that may be needed. And so, God, we, we, we bring all of this to you now. Lord, we, we grieve this pandemic, God. We grieve the loss of life, the mounting death tolls, thousands every day in our country. We grieve the, the toll that this has taken on so many of us, God. We grieve the, the toll on hospitals and medical professionals. God, I thank you so much for those who call Scarlet City home, who are working so hard to care for people. Thank you for them. Be with them. Sustain them. Lift them up. God, we... We grieve the economic toll this has taken on us, the jobs lost, the wages lost, the businesses gone. We grieve the isolation that we, we feel. We grieve that we can't gather together for this lament. We grieve that, that this holiday season will probably look different for many of us, that we may not be able to be with as many loved ones as we once could. We grieve that, God. We give it to you. Lord, we also grieve the ongoing hard experiences that we have. We grieve the sicknesses in our church and among family and friends. I think of Sarah Long, God. We grieve the death of loved ones. People have lost parents, grandparents, Friends, we grieve the, the mental illness that many feel, the depression, anxiety, the weight of a season of so much division and hardship. Here are our cries.
Lord, we do not grieve without hope. We trust in you, God. We trust in your justice. We trust in your provision. We trust in your grace. Like the psalmist said, those who find their shelter in you may find happiness. Grant us the ability to experience that happiness, that joy in you, God. May we, like our brothers and sisters around the world, rejoice always, praise you in seasons of struggle and in seasons of plenty. Lord, I pray that this Christmas season, in the midst of so much widespread social unrest and struggle, that we would experience the joy of your salvation in a new and powerful way. Awaken our mind to your truth. Renew our hearts with your grace. And invigorate our hands to be people who joyfully enter into the pains of life. This Christmas season, we are reminded of the good news that your Son entered into darkness with the illuminating light of the gospel. May we feel that light today. In his name we pray.